Well, hi. I hope you are having a wonderful day. I truly do. It's a joy to be with you. We are delighted that you have joined us for the continuation of this series, What Just Happened? (laughs) I've been asking myself that question all my life. How about you? Anyway, um, guess what? It's Thanksgiving week. Coming up, a lot, of, a lot of turkeys will lay down their lives for your table. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. But it really is a great opportunity for us to talk about gratitude. So this weekend, in our series, What Just Happened, we're going to be talking about the fact that gratitude happened. Gratitude happened. You might say, well, gratitude always happens when someone blesses me or something good takes place in my life. Let's take a look at that. Is that really true? Are you grateful right now for things in your life that other people don't even have? They would never even think to have. We're in a culture and in a country where most people have a lot of basic provision. I've never been without a bed. Even camping, I've had a tent or a sleeping bag or some type of provision. There are many people in the world who don't have that on a regular basis. So I think it's important for us to stop and pause And ask the question of ourselves, are we living with gratitude? And before you're quick to answer, give it some thought. So I have a question for you. What are some of your Thanksgiving traditions? We we grew up in a home where we usually had a big dinner. We often had many other family members, cousins, people over. We would gather in big groups. And we would usually have the, the typical you know, Thanksgiving dinner, turkey and dressing and potatoes and gravy, and I think even yams. <laughs> so, so I don't know what your traditions are, but we always did something else, and we did this in our family with our three children as well, and that is we would pause to have a Thanksgiving prayer. We always prayed before we ate a meal, but it seemed like on Thanksgiving, there were times when we just paused and in our Bonnie and I's family, uh, our children, we always stopped and actually said before we pray, what, what would be one thing you're most grateful for? And everyone always wants to go first. You wanna know why? Because that person would say family, <laughs> God or family. And then everyone else in the circle would go, okay, well, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. How ironic that that is the one thing that's irreplaceable. Normally in our lives, when we really have our priorities right, it's relationships that matter most to us. We're gonna see in a story today that Jesus actually takes note of several things that are going on in this story about gratitude. It's a story you may be familiar with. It's typically titled at the top, the 10 lepers. Leprosy was a very serious problem 
in Jesus' day. There are some leper uh, colonies still in the world today, but not near as common as in Jesus' day. And so a leper was trained and taught to yell out when someone would be approaching them. They were required by the law to actually say, unclean, unclean. In other words, don't come over here. Leprosy is really contagious, and so they weren't allowed to be within a certain amount of feet from another human being. That's why, typically, people with leprosy hung out together, because they already have had it. They couldn't get it worse, and so there were colonies, and all the people in the colonies had leprosy. So that's why you see these numbers included in the story. So if you have an outline and would like to follow along, the first thing that I want to talk about is this. We all have a need for mercy. And the story starts with kind of a twist of this crying out of these lepers to Jesus. This story is found in Luke chapter 17. If you have a Bible, you can open it up there. We'll put it on the screen for you as well. In verse 11, it says this, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance. They stood at a distance because it would be against the law to come closer. And they were crying out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. When I think of this plea of these 10 men, I can't imagine the excitement that they must have had hearing that Jesus was coming to where they could have an interaction with him. They no doubt had heard that he can do miracles. No doubt they've heard that he's done some things that are unprecedented. No one else has done this. And so maybe there's a shot that he could take away our leprosy. Well, they were right. What would we do today without mercy? I got to tell you, I would have no friends. <laughs> I would have no friends left if it wasn't for their mercy on my life. I would have no spouse Bonnie, thank God, has shown me mercy in my mistakes. I would have no job here at Timberline or anywhere else. Why? Because mercy is required because of all of our own human nature issues. We need mercy to be bestowed on our lives. Now, obviously, they're crying out to Jesus for healing. That's what they really meant. And that's in a context here of us understanding the power of this kind of mercy means healing, healing of the mind, the body, the spirit, the soul. Will you touch me in such a way that I will be different? You guys, our world is crying for mercy and for healing and for touch, human touch. These people were not allowed to touch. You know, we haven't experienced this near like a, a leper, a, a, the disease of leprosy. But COVID has brought to us 
especially to some, severe isolation. There was a, a news cast recently where they had people in nursing homes that had requested to come out in their wheelchairs and line the street. And one of the ladies was holding a sign that said, I would rather die of COVID than loneliness. It was simply a statement about the power of human touch. It's a statement about the need for interaction. And these men were crying out to who they believed was probably the Messiah, Jesus. They called him Master. And so they had this longing and they had this faith and they had this need for mercy. The second thing that I see here is that obedience to God leads to good results. Now, there's something that's about to happen in the story that I really want you to take note of because I think it's a statement of God's character and the way in which he brings healing, restoration, life to us. And it's not always in the way that we think or understand. And it's in verse 14. Jesus looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. He didn't say you're healed. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now this is important because it was required for anyone who believed they had been cured of leprosy, which that rarely happened. The priest had to do this, the body scan to make sure that they no longer had leprosy. So Jesus says, go through the right system. Go to the authority and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. What is going on here? I mean, it's as though Jesus is testing this idea that you go and you start, you start moving toward the, the priests and then you'll have your healing. I like this because it's this idea that as I go toward, as I obey, but as I move toward this journey, as I move toward obedience, I have the very thing that I am hoping for. So what do you need to move toward today? How many times do people just pray a prayer and then they just sit in the chair and there's no action, there's no plan, there's no discussion, there's no vision, there's no purpose, there's no longing. God wants us to be on the move, if I can say it like that. Are you on the move toward God as they went, the Bible says. So, so I mean, I'm just trying to see this in my, in my mind. Jesus sees them coming. He knows. He's God. He, he gets it. Have mercy on me. Okay. Go show yourselves to the priests. And then they, with excitement, it seems like all 10 of them went, according to what we're going to read in a moment, all 10 probably accepted this and took off, probably running. I would have. And as they went, what was it like for them to go, look at your hands. Dude, your nose. Your, your nose is okay. Your ears. Because leprosy, these, these outer extremities often fell off. They came off. They rotted off. It's gross, but it's a reality of what leprosy does. What was it like? 
as they were moving toward the priest to begin to look at each other and look at their hands and see these spots leaving miraculously. I don't know what that must have been like, but it was very, very powerful, no doubt about it. The point that I think is important in this story, before we get to the gratitude part, is that if you want the hand of God to be on your life, and if you want to see Him move in your life, you will be a person that's not afraid to take action toward the steps of the goals that you believe God is asking you to, 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 to go for. I know so many times in our church life, we would sit down as a leadership team, a deacon team, and we would say, let's be prayerful about the plans we have made. But then we would start working on budget. We would get plans drawn up. The building we meet in, all the facilities that we have in all three of our campuses, they wouldn't have happened unless we would have had a plan and pursued them. That's very important to God. We don't just say, okay, God, whatever. This is what I want. I'll go sit in the chair, and when it comes my way, I'll reach out and grab it. No. As they went, they were healed. Are you walking? Are you running? Are you moving toward that thing? They could have said, nah, I don't really want to go see the priests. I don't even like them anyway. <laughs> They could have had all kinds of excuses about why they didn't, I don't know, maybe it was a long ways. I don't want to walk that far. But they really believed Jesus gave them a command. And that's another really good point here is they believed something was going to happen if they obeyed. And so they did it. And they took off. And as they went, they were healed. You know, we often find God's best in our lives, in the journey. Not at the end, but during. When they took off toward the priest, this was a journey and it happened. I don't know if it happened gradually as they went or instantly, halfway. I don't know. Bible doesn't say. It just says, as they went, they were healed. God works in our lives in what I would call the long-haul picture. He works in those moments that we are living our lives. We don't always feel him. When you're tired and exhausted and you wake up in the morning and have to get up and face another day, do you jump out of bed and say, yay, this is the day that God has made? Probably not. You probably just crawl out and say, get me some coffee. I got to go make some coffee or something to get me going. But guess what? God is with you in that journey. God is with you while you still have leprosy. God is with you while you are still suffering. God is with you when the weight, the burden of life and COVID and brokenness and injustice and racism is on you. God is with us in the journey that we have had in 2020. It's been hard. It's been painful. But as we go, God is with us. His presence is real. And we are made whole. And we are healed. And we find mercy as we pursue the plans God has made for us. I love this story. God is with us in the movement. So which direction are you going? Are you going where God has told you to go? Are you running away from that obedience? 
Because you're moving one of two directions. You're running toward his will or you're running away from his will. I want to run toward it. And I know you do too. Okay, let's get to the heart of the story. And that happens in number three. Gratitude does not really come naturally to us in our lives. Now, I want to talk about this for a minute because what happens in the story is in verse 15. I'm going to read it. One of them. Matter of fact, just say that with me. Ready? Come on, say it. One of them. Say it again. One of them. When he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! I don't, I don't know how loud the shout was. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And of all the things, Scripture points out that this man was a Samaritan. It's basically a contrast of saying he wasn't Jewish. You talk about racism, you talk about prejudice in Jesus' day. This is a startling story for the Jewish mind to read in Jesus' day. How would this Samaritan be the only one that comes back to give thanks? I might just say this. Sometimes it's the unlikely. Sometimes it's the unlikely person who is the most grateful. Why is that? I don't know. But it's often the case. He was so thrilled about his healing that his first response Stay with me on this. His first response was to recognize the healer more than his healing. Right? See, that's not always the case. I know I love what we're about to see coming up in just a short time with our grandkids. Okay? Some of you who have grandkids understand this. Christmas. We're going to buy our grandkids some Christmas presents. Yes, we are. And we're going to watch them open them. And can I just give you a little warning if you're doing this as well? Don't expect them, if they love the present, to throw it down and run to your arms, giving you deep appreciation and gratitude with tears in their eyes, falling to the ground saying, you are the greatest ever. No, they won't. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't come naturally. What comes naturally in our human nature is to hold on the thing that we love the most. This gift has been given me. Wow, look what is now mine. That's exactly what happened to the lepers. They saw that they were healed and they were rejoicing more in the healing than they were the healer. Now, there's irony in this, and I don't want to take it too far, but I think we need to stop and pay attention and ask the question, am I living with gratitude? Am I focused on the healer, on the Savior, on the Redeemer? Am I focused on living my life in a way that shows I am grateful for what he has given me and done for me? Or am I 
taking all of these gifts and doing what I want and what I please with them. I want to be a person, and I'm, I'm prayerful that you want to be a person that has such gratitude that I focus on the point of that person who brought these things to me. This Samaritan came back in awe with thanksgiving for the healing he had received. And he gave honor where it was deserved. And this really was something God noticed. Last point, and then we'll get to some practical application. The lack of gratitude was actually noticed by God. I know God is perfect, and we often say, I just enjoy giving the gift. I don't need someone to thank me for it. But actually, that's really not a good discipline. We, we, we want to teach our kids to say thank you, don't we? What, what do we say all the time? Say please. Say thank you. Look, look at what, what comes out of the words of Jesus in verse 17. Jesus asked this, this one man who was saying thank you, did I, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, the Samaritan? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. What's happening here is that the Bible is giving us an indication that it's actually very important and valuable for us to be the people who live with gratitude on this earth. Saying please and thank you, that's one part. But actually living my life in a way that glorifies God, in a way that I am in awe and I am humbled, that God loves me, that God has saved me, redeemed me, that's a trait that you can't just make up. That's a trait that has to come from something that's genuine. And I'm just prayerful this week. And as we go through Thanksgiving, wherever you're celebrating, and if it's all by yourself, or if it's with other people, that you will have pause to say thank you both to them for the things they have provided in your life, for the food you're about to eat, for the shelter you live in, or most of all to God for the salvation, for the freedom you have in your spirit. I want to live with gratitude. I don't want to be in the group of the nine. I, I, I get it though. I mean, I want to just say this in defense of the nine. They were so excited about being healed that they just wanted to get to that priest and get that done and get back to their families and all of that. I understand that. But let's learn from it. Let's learn that there might be a moment in our excitement about our healing, our success, our job, all the blessings in our life, that we stop and we look and we have pause to say, God, 
I can't believe I got to be in this relationship and have this as my friend. This is my, my spouse. This is my, my child. Whatever blessings you can think of, give God the credit. So how are we going to practice this? As you know, I really like to get practical about how we do this and how it affects us for the rest of the week. So I have three things here that are, I've just called them steps. Boom. <laughs> just, just like a, a step in the right direction that I think will lead to living with more gratitude. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just maybe post this somewhere where you can see it this week. And, and think about these concepts. Number one in your outline is enjoy what you have. Now, this, this to me is a statement of gratitude because I'm not always looking for more. I'm saying, I'm so happy that I have this. And I'm going to appreciate it completely. There's always a lift, list of something more that you may want. But will I stop this week and say, this is enough? This is enough. I, I, oh, this is a big, a big couple of weeks for me and my wife, Bonnie, on a personal note. It's okay if I get personal, I hope. So we, we had a couple of storage units that we had furniture in from a house that we sold and we didn't know what to do with it exactly. And so we said, well, I'm tired of paying for the storage, right? If you've ever had a storage unit, you realize right away, it's just, why did we keep all this stuff, you know? So we decided to just give it away. So we put out pictures and stuff to staff and friends and family. Do you want this? Do you want this? All you have to do is come and get it. We'll even help you load it. <laughs> the, the idea of this was, we have been blessed so much with what we already have. All that stuff was just extra. And I tell you, I don't miss anything that was in those storage units. I don't miss any of it. Why? Because I, I want to be content with what I do have, what I have room for. We're blessed. You guys, if you have a crowded garage, wow. If you have a, a crowded closet, some of you are smiling right now because you're like, this closet is a mess. I need to organize it. What a blessing. You have enough stuff to fill up your closet or your drawers and your dresser. You've got to push the stuff down just to get the drawer shut. Look at what you have. Look at what's on the table this week. Look at what's on your body. You have clothes on. Number two. Stop living with comparisons. Huge. But I don't have what they have. I, I wish I had hair like that. I've said that a few times. <laughs> oh, I wish I could live in that house. I wish I had that job. I wish, I wish, I wish. Comparisons will get you in trouble. Let me tell you something. When you live your life comparing it to others, not just in material things, but gifts and talents, all of that, when you live in comparison, you will lose your spirit of gratitude. You absolutely will. Because you have failed to see what you already have. God doesn't compare what He created to what He created. Think about that. 
He doesn't say, oh, this tree is much better than this whale. No, both are awesome. Both are created by God. You are a creation that God has made fully to be you. There's no one else like you. Don't live in comparisons. And the last thing that will help you with gratitude is to learn to express your gratitude to other people. We've, we've gotten lazy in our culture about how we say thank you. And I, I would love for us to just be thinking, even now, as you listen to this, who, who is it that impacted my life that I haven't really said thank you in a long time? Maybe it is a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister. Maybe you've learned something from a teacher, someone in your life, and you, you, you've, you've thought about it, but you haven't taken the next step to express it. And that's what this point is about, expressing. So write a note. I, I think even, you know, my mom probably would have said, no, you need to write a thank you note, but that's sort of out these days. <laughs> even a text is still a way to say thank you for what you did. I noticed that you did this. And when you learn to express that, it will make other people joyful. Jesus was happy that this one guy came back. It's like, great, go, your faith has made you whole. I think Jesus felt good about that. Where are the nine? So is the ratio really one in 10? I don't think the Bible's trying to make that ratio. But in this Bible story, it was one in 10 are living with gratitude. One in 10. I want to be the one. I want you to be the one. Let's set, let's set the curve really high in our church, in our families, in our world, that we will live with gratitude, we will not live with comparisons, and that we will absolutely love the journey that we have with God. I want to pray with you today, and I want us to start with just a thank you to God that we have the technology to right now be talking to each other, to be listening to be sharing, that we are in a culture where we can talk about God's word openly, where we can gather with other people. What a powerful gift this is in our lives. So let's, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to pray together, be together, learn together, grow together, walk together in this journey. I thank you, God, for my friends watching online right now. I pray that there would just be this connection between you and them, that, that they would have this sense of gratitude. We say, thank you. Thank you for our mercy, our healing. Thank you for what you have done in our lives. And may we be reminded of all the things to be grateful for throughout this week and for the rest of our lives. We give it to you. We thank you for this sweet grace that you have offered us. May we offer it to others. In your name, we pray. Amen. <laughs> Love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week of Thanksgiving, not just food, Thanksgiving. Love you. God bless you. Let love live this week. See ya.